Hello, good evening, and welcome to the third episode of 21st Century Boys. It's Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. And hopefully the highlight of tonight's episode, we'll be discussing a famous little property called 20th Century Boys. I had to restart because I keep wanting to say 20th instead of 21st Century when we start off. Anywho, so... We'll jump right into what we have read recently. Uh, we have some shared goodies today and some stuff that is singularly Jack and some singularly moi. Uh, first thing we'll do, let's just go ahead and do a shared one. Um, we read The Devilman Classic, uh, Volume 1. Mm-hmm. We have Volume 2 ready to go at some point. Yep. Uh, this is a Go Nagai book. So a lot of people are rediscovering this because of the Devilman Crybaby uh, anime, which had popped up on Netflix a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing right away. You know why they call it Devilman Crybaby? Because the guy is basically a crybaby. So, what did you think of this one? It was very interesting, kind of graphic in places, and not at all like modern manga. Yeah, I read it, and I thought it was pretty weird, but I enjoyed what I read. Um, the only other like older manga I've read besides this one is Tezuka, like oh, right. Astro Boy and stuff. Right. And it was very different. I had just seen some clips from the original, like the show on Netflix or whatever. Very different in like content as well. I think it just had like the same characters, but it seems like a full reboot for the most part. So, like, the whole deal with this kid is he becomes a demon to fight demons. Yeah. Yeah. And you get some really bizarre designs for the demons that he fights. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also you get this weird, I don't know, I'm I'm excited about the second volume because I felt like the first one got really weird. It gets all, like, Doctor Who timey-wimey. Oh, yeah, he goes, like, back in time for two volumes. Right. Yeah. So he's, like, he's dealing with Joan of Arc, and there's a section which, okay, I'll be honest with you, the part that probably has aged really not well is the Hitler section. Oh. So if you do read it before warned, it doesn't fly. Um, And then also there's a Marie Antoinette where they go to, like, uh, you know, olden times France. But, yeah, Yeah. it was was pretty weird. Yeah. so that was one we did together. Uh, another one that we also did, we'll do the a couple of classics to start off the day. Uh, and I know I've tweeted about it a few times because I've really been looking forward to this. And that's uh, Fist of the North Star. Yeah. And that has hit um, Viz Signature. And so it's got like nice hardcover treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, I don't know if they ever finished uh, translating it in English previously, it had yeah. come out in the typical comic-sized from Viz back in the 90s, and I have a handful of the issues, but I'd never read the whole thing. I'd seen the movie, which, and I think almost anybody who I've ever talked to who has watched the show has been like, the movie's great, but it like makes hardly any sense. Um, but yeah, so Fist of the North Star, it's a classic. What did you think, Jack? I really enjoyed it. I know that um, previously I had read JoJo, and I thought it was interesting how, like, even though it was very inspired, um, JoJo by Fist of the North Star. Right. Araki uh, has said that was one of one of his inspirations. Part one, it looks a lot like, I guess, not like Fist of the North Star, even though it's right. mainly influenced face of that booze. At least maybe it changes in the future, but Kenshiro looks a lot thinner. Right. Like the characters in JoJo Part 1, which I know the art style is directly based off of. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. So you're saying, like, the Jonathan character in the first... Yeah, he's a lot more, like, buff. Right, right. Um, 
Yeah, we were talking before we turned on about... There's one character, his name's King, and he's like... It's so bizarre, they show him nude, but it's like a... Well, it said Barbie, but it'd be like a Ken doll. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I have in my notes, crotchless King, because they draw this guy, he's got his robe flung open, mm-hmm. and um, it's like a Ken doll. It's just smooth. It's really, really weird. And they actually yeah. make fun of it. What was the name of the cartoon we watched? Is it D by D or? I think it's yes. Yeah. So they made a cartoon. Oh, D D Fist of the North yeah, Star. Yeah, D D yeah, yeah. D Fist of the North Star um came out and it's kind of a silly version and every time they show King they kinda of have a blur over his crotch. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um fun stuff. One thing that I thought was interesting when I was reading through it in I don't know if it was just me looking for stuff, but I swear, I kept seeing wrestler likenesses. There was one guy who looked exactly like Abdullah the Butcher, and I looked it up, and they said, you know, his look was influenced by Abdullah the Butcher. So, of course, once I saw that, I started seeing everybody else. There's one guy who looks a lot like, one of the villains looks a lot like Andre the Giant, and then there was another one who looked like Iron Sheik, especially Iron Sheik during his whole uh, Iraqi era that was weird the iron sheik was from iran but he was with anyway so it it was interesting how they kind of like um had that interesting influence from american wrestlers who you know performed in japan Mm -hmm. um so i was asking uh jack about this and so i'll ask him again on air so why is this branded uh, not as Jump, even though this was originally something that had shown up in Jump? And tell tell them what you told me. Okay, so after a while of like Fist of the North Star being popular because of the mature contents, they decided to bring it back to another Viz brand. So it wasn't officially like shown in Jump for the second half. Okay. And so it belongs to Viz Signature instead of. Got Shonen it. Jump. So even though the the series kind of started in jump it didn't stay a jump series yeah yeah and and that's happened so kind of like independent series here where you might see something start with like say dark horse um and then end up in image comics or something like that yeah like some of the image comics went to dc right right okay Mm -hmm. yeah good point like wildcats ending up at dc um and so ultimately i just think this is one of those important franchises i'm really excited that it's getting translated the book looks awesome mm-hmm. it's high-end paper hardcover well worth your dollar this is one i it's probably one of the highest recommendations that i'm gonna have today yeah so jack why don't you tell us about one of the ones that you read this month that oh. i didn't read okay um recently i read the kirby manga so, um, just like another one they published, um, the Mario manga, there was just a compilation of a bunch of random chapters of this, like, 50-volume series in Japan, and because of the popularity of the games, I guess they brought them to the U.S. Um, it's kind of like Doraemon, in a sense. Um, they're very short, like, just singular, like, episodic stories, and they're all kind of fun to read, yeah. Very cool. So, and this is something that has been published in japan do you know like kind of when um probably starting in like the 1980s as okay. the game was coming out in the Coral comic which is also where like yokai watch and like pokemon and Doraemon comes from very cool okay yeah because i know um one of the uh things that had been published i don't know maybe four or five years ago was when i was at the bookstore uh was some of the Super Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda that was from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Um, so 
I'll jump into a couple of series. I'm not going to do a whole lot of monthly comics on here in general. I'm going to try to f focus on collected editions. But uh, I've been a little bit behind. So I did little mini runs where it was like two or three issues. And I thought both of these were of note since they're from a smaller publisher and probably might get missed. Or, you know, they're going to get collected eventually. So might be worth looking out for. Uh, both of these are by Scout Comics. Uh, the first one up is Black Friday. And kind of the premise is... There's this guy who's working at Kmart, and, well, it's not Kmart, but it's like like a Kmart, you know, or a Walmart or, or a Target or whatever, and it's a Black Friday, shockingly enough, from the title, and he finds this blood stain, and a, him and a co-worker are looking at it and like, what is going on? And their manager walks up and like, you need to go investigate that. And so when they go to this blood stain, there's a pile of toys or something and they start to move it around and underneath this pile of toys it's almost like a pane of glass and through this pane of glass they see these writhing bodies like looking up at them really freaky stuff um and all of a sudden of course because it is what it is this portal to hell or whatever breaks open and these creatures start attacking the workers so it's kind of cartoony. It reminded me of something like Chew or something like that, an indie book. And this is from Scout Comics, and uh, it's good stuff. It's called Black Friday. Uh, it's kind of, I was telling people it's like Evil Dead meets uh, Superstore or something. But really, really cool, kind of gory, good stuff. Funny as well. Um, one more uh, from Scout Comics that I read, and that was uh, By the Horns. And this one looks like it's going to be all cutesy. You know, you've got like unicorns and this adventure type fantasy character on the front. But it turns out the reason it's by the horns is the love of her life had been killed by unicorns. And so basically she's actually on a mission of revenge with her companion and he's like this wolf horse. So she becomes a monster hunter. So she was out to kill unicorns, but she keeps like tracking down monster after monster, and so she brings the monsters, and they're like, "Ooh, not monster head stew again." So I guess when she collects enough heads, they make stew out of it, which is disgusting, <laughs> and kind of like in a manga, like it, it, it's the running joke of like, "Ooh, she's a horrible cook." Um, so she makes this monster head stew, which is really gross, and I guess finally the townspeople are like, "Enough of your monster head stew." We need help with farming. Get out of here unless you're going to help farm. And she's like, no, I have to find these unicorns. So off she goes to track down unicorns. And, of course, she runs into a big bad wizard. And he has captured a couple of unicorns. But I'm going to stop there and not describe it anymore else other than really cute art. It's good stuff. By the horns. And that's from Scout Comics. All right, Jack. Why don't you give us another one that you've read recently? Okay, I recently read the... Osamu Tezuka story, which um, was recently published, even though it came out in like 1980 or something, okay. right after um, Tezuka died. All right. It's um, just about his history, like as a kid to dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> about like how he made manga and like how he got there and stuff. There's actually a lot of stuff not about manga. Like, there's a lot of stuff about like him becoming a a doctor mm -hmm. and like him being in the military and stuff so um i know with the military this was during the 40s yeah like during so. the world war yeah and um when how much of him becoming a doctor is was that an influence on like blackjack i think it was yeah okay very cool yeah blackjack's a great series 
Um, okay. So the manga, if you get it in English today, it's like very dense. It's like 500 pages. It's right. like two volumes together. And even though, I mean, there's a lot of, it's very dense. Right. Like, kind of like Watchmen. There's a lot, it's very wordy. Right, sure. And it took me like two days to read it. Well, for you, that's like a really long time because I know I'll come home from work and it's like, hey, what'd you do? And you're like, I read four volumes of Monster. And I'm like, holy crap. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it took you a while to get through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so is this something that you would say is worth reading? Oh uh, yeah, it's gonna take you a lot of time though, so be ready to put a lot of time into it. Nice. Um, so I will cover a manga that I read, and then I will start doing pretty much um, American comics from here on out, with the exception of when we talk about 20th Century Boys a little bit. Um, so I did read. Uh, one other manga this month, and that was Call of the Night Volume 2. We covered that in, I think, the previous episode. Uh, that's like the Kodayama manga. It's where the guy wants to become a vampire, and he thinks he has to fall in love with a vampire to do so. Um, once again, shenanigans occur. He poses as a masseuse, because apparently that was the way the uh, vampire had been getting people to come to her previously, was by being a masseuse. So he poses as a masseuse so that he can... Uh, give her the night off, and he ends up kind of working on this 24-year-old uh, office worker, and she's kind of kind of weird, because, you know, you've got this kid who's like 14 years old, and he's massaging this 24-year-old woman, and it's just kind of awkward and strange, but once again, the, the gist of it is he is still trying to fall in love with her, and he wants to do that, so he can be a vampire and a person of the night. Uh, one thing we've been doing on Twitter in general, it is hashtag Western Comics Month. So one of the things that I read was Marvel Westerns. And this was a collection of one-shots that came out in 2006. And it's a mixture of new material and old classic uh, Stanley, Jack Kirby type Westerns. So it's Gun Gunhawks, Rawhide Kid, uh, Two-Gun Kid, Kid Colt, that sort of thing. One really cool thing that I enjoyed uh, was the Two Gun Kid Western by Dan Slott. They have appearance uh, of a character they're calling Kid Clayton, which is pretty obviously the Lone Ranger. So I never knew it, but apparently there's an analog for the Lone Ranger and Tonto in the 616 universe. So that was a lot of fun. Um, kind of a mixed bag on the new stuff, but in general, I think it was pretty good and I would I would say if you're interested in westerns and I hope you are because it's not a genre we get a lot of these days check out Marvel westerns all right let me do one more and then we'll kick it back to Jack and I think the next one we're gonna do is something is killing the children volume 3 and I won't get too spoilery other than um, this is by far my favorite of the three volumes that I've read so far. So if you've read up to this, which I believe is uh, 11 through 15 of the series, St. George is being brought in to clean up the mess that's happened in Archer's Peak. And uh, Erica is going to confront the dragon. And she is the final of the black mask because, you know, there's the white mask of the House of Slaughter and there's the uh, black mask. So we also finally get to see what is the toy uh, octopus, like what actually possesses it. And I would just say that if, if it's a series that you haven't tried, it's really good. Um, 
It's these monsters killing kids, which, I mean, obviously, uh, it's dark horror, but it's really well done. And it's James Tinian, and that is from Boom Studios. Okay. Recently, I read Monster. I finished it, like, today. Um, made by Urasawa, who also made 20th Century Boys. Very good. Yeah. Um, liked all the characters. It's about um, this guy who's, like, a surgeon, I think. Yeah, and um, after having one of the patients die because he was doing someone else, he decided he'd try to um, save who he could. Like, so if they come in first, even if the other person is more important to the state, he's going to try to save them. Right. But um, things go wrong because soon after that, he gets, like, in trouble. And um, he gets to a lower class because, like, he's really good and, like, they treat him like that. But because of that and because, like, one of the patients dies, he um, isn't treated that way anymore and he doesn't do much. Um, one day... Um, all the doctors that, like, put him down there, um, they die. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. It was kind of crazy. Like, uh, the the guy in charge of the hospital dies. The, um, some of the doctors that were kind of the chief's toadies die, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the doctor um, gets put to a higher state again because nobody else is there to really do so. But then, um, they, one of the people who um, he breaks up with, like his fiance, um, she accuses him of murder. Right. Because it just seems very random and he was at a very horrible spot, so it seems like that. And so he starts escaping the place. Um, it's just about him, like, trying to make, find out, like, who actually killed him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you finished the whole series? Yep. Nice. And um, how many volumes was that? It is nine in, like, the full-size things, but there's, like, two H, so it's for, like, reading 18. Right. So, yeah. how long did that take you? Oh, like, a couple days, because I read four volumes a day, or two of the big ones. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I read Monster previously, and, yeah, I, I, I'm with Jack on that. That's one of my favorite Arasawa uh, mangas, and one of my favorite mangas in general. So, yeah, definitely one worth seeking out. Um... Homesick Pilots by Image Comics. Uh, this is by Dan Waters. Uh, so it's 1994, and there's this punk band, and they go into this haunted house. And once they do, one of their members goes missing. And there's this rival band that comes into the house and like, hey, what's going on in here? And the house kills them. So um, Amy uh, returns and. There's this kind of like special ops ghost fighting force. So, honestly, you know, sometimes you read stuff and it really sticks with you. And sometimes you read it and you're like, you can remember the barest of things and that's about it. Honestly, I don't remember very much about it. I thought it was okay. It was one of those where it was like a $10 volume. So, uh, I definitely got my, you know, six or seven bucks or however much I spent on it from uh, DCBS out of it. But, honestly, it's just not one that's super sticking with me. So let's go to a different one that really did stick with me, and that would be Crossover by Donny Cates. And, okay, this is like one of those books, and um, I'll put in a plug for a really great show. There's a show, uh, First Issue uh, Comics, and uh, they do a show specially called Crosstalk every time there's a new issue of Crossover out, and they do a really great job. So 
I'll just say you should check them out if you're at all interested. Great show. But um, this is one of those, it's kind of like an, a love letter or an homage to comics in general. And I would say especially superhero and indie comics and even superhero indie comics. Uh, so there's kind of been an invasion of uh, the normal world by these four color characters. And this dome gets built. And all the characters are supposedly trapped inside of it. So you've got all the comic characters in the world. And there's... They can't flat out say Superman, but you see somebody who looks like Superman. They can't say Turtles, but you see somebody who looks like the Ninja Turtles. So, you know, famous characters that we know uh, are in this basically big dome. And so there's a girl who runs a comic store, and her comic store gets bombed by these people who are against comics. And um, they find this little girl... And they have to get her back to the dome. So then you have all these fun like cameos. You have uh, Madman gets a big chunk of, uh, of it. Valifax, the sword from Donny Cates' God Country is a big important part of it. Paybacks. That was a fun little uh, series. It was kind of weird. They had like a Doctor Who van, meaning like it was like bigger on the outside or bigger on the inside than on the outside. And so it's just like you get to see all these cool comic cameos. And you get to see, like, this one huge fight scene, and it's got, like, Witchblade and Savage Dragon and characters from Astro City. It's just really, like, this amazing two-page spread. Um, so, yeah, Crossover Volume 1, I definitely highly recommend it. I think it covers the first six issues of the series. And that probably, along with Fist of the North Star, were my two favorite things that I read this month. So, the last thing we really have to talk about then today is going to be 20th Century Boys. But before we get into that, Jack read Goodnight Pun Pun, mm -hmm. and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about that one. Okay, so Goodnight Pun Pun is a manga made by Inio Asano, who also made Solanin, which I talked about in the first episode. Right. And it's about this kid who he looks like a bird in the first volume, but it, it changes overall, like, how he looks. Like, one time he's like a triangle, just like... It's like a representation of his feelings. Right. And so it's about this kid, and um, it's about like him growing up and going through like puberty and all that kind of stuff. And one day he meets a girl named Aiko, and he is attracted to her. So they start hanging out, and um, she says that you gotta take me to this place so then we can escape all the bad things that have been happening recently, or I will kill you. No, oh, it's a very good story. It's um, seven volumes, 13 in Japan. Um, I recommend it. It's very good. Well, very cool. And then the last thing we're going to talk about today, um, we just finished today uh, the trilogy of the 20th Century Boys movies. movies. Yeah, from Japan. So I thought it'd be a good time to talk about the series. Did you fi have you finished it? Besides like Twenty First Century Boys, which I don't think you ever. I haven't read, read that either. Yeah, it's, I have. It's in the mail. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, once again, this is Urasawa. Uh, this is you know part of where the inspiration for the name of our show came from. It's probably one of my favorite mangas of all time, if not my favorite manga. It's very close, and so. Why don't we just jump into the premise a little bit, and then we can talk about what we thought about the manga versus the movie and whatnot. Okay, so it's about these kids who um, make this group, 
and um, one of the kids there who finds out about it, and because of a bunch of bullying and stuff that he's went through, he decides to um, make a cult leader and try to destroy the world. Uh, right. And so, later on, the kids that made the original group, um, they find out about the cult that's going on like right now, and they try to stop the guy from s- destroying the world. Yeah. Um, it is 22 volumes, Okay. and it is very good. Yeah. So th- these kids, it's like 1969. Yeah. Yeah. There's a handful of them, and I would say they're probably they're into jump. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the movie, I, it, I'll go ahead and say it's been a very long time since I've read the early volumes. Um, mm-hmm. Jack was probably like I don't know six or seven years old at the point where I actually read the early ones. Uh, but you know, if the movie is fairly close to the 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 manga, the they're like into jump. They're into, like, giant robot stuff that would have been big in the, the 60s in Japan. And one of the kids is especially into rock and roll. And they kind of make this plan mm-hmm. of how the, they would end the, end the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so, basically, that becomes the treatment for the things that are going to happen in the future. All this stuff is predicated by the, the stuff that they scribbled in notebooks when mm-hmm. they were little kids. Yeah. Um, and of course, the big thing that I'll, I'm going to have to re-ask Jack this is who is the friend, and we're not going to say that now because I don't want to be spoilers. Because I know, like, uh, one of our good friends, Paul, is uh, reading. I don't know if he finished it or not. So, in case he hasn't, I don't want to spoil it. But one of the big things is who is the friend, and um, you get a definitive answer uh, in the movie. Do we really get a definitive answer in the book? Volume eleven. Volume eleven. Okay, so there you go. There, there is, a, there is an answer to. So that's the final volume. Oh no, final volume is twenty-one. Okay, so the in the double 20, volumes. So in the vo- double volumes, that would be in like volume. I do the math. Like, like volume six or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, and, you know, there's, I was trying to surmise, like, was there more than one friend? Because there's this whole resurrection bit at one point, and yeah. I'm like, how do you resurrect someone who has a mask on? That's one of the big things. Okay, you know, you have buy-in stuff, and you're supposed to be able to uh, suspend your disbelief. That was the only thing, and this is really well done, so I don't want to knock it too hard, but this guy gets shot, right? And he's yeah. fully masked, and... Everybody believes when he quote unquote comes back to life that it's really him. And I don't know. That was just one of those like, like even if it is a different person behind the mask, which ultimately it is, right? In the comics, yeah. In the movie, no. Okay. Um, this guy gets shot. How would they buy into that it's not a different person? I don't know. That's one of those things that really throws me. But that's like literally the only flaw I can think of. Um in the entire thing. So definitely read the series. I would say, if you can track down the movies, I would say watch them as well. Yeah, they're very enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, getting to hear the Udala Sulala, I'm probably not saying it right, but anyway, getting to hear the song is actually really cool because it sounded like um, yeah. Arasawa was actually involved with the writing of the song. That was one thing we learned in, uh, was it Sneeze? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and Sneeze, he actually is really into rock music he really is into playing his instrument and you know he is a songwriter and a creator so 
Anyhow, so 20th Century Boys, of all the stuff that you've read so far uh, since we've started the show, is it your favorite? Yeah, it's my favorite manga. Okay, so is it your favorite comic? My favorite comic was Scott Pilgrim. So Scott Pilgrim's still number one. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know that it's my favorite manga, but boy, it's awful close. Uh, and when it comes to comics, it's definitely in my top five or so. So seek out 20th Century Boys. Uh, if you got to get it from the library, get it from the library. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you guys for listening, uh, and you have a good week, and we'll see you later. See you later.